Blog Talk Radio. Everybody and welcome to episode 88 of Trundlebed Tales. I am your host Sarah Utoff, and I am the uh, creator of Trundlebed Tales. Find us around the web under Trundlebed Tales and on your favorite social media platform. If you listen or just have an account on iTunes, please leave positive feedback because that helps people find the show. This is episode. 88, and we are going to be talking about our family trip to Keystone, hitting the Laura Ingalls Wilder sites en route. But first, we have a little housekeeping. So, if you are listening live, you can call in with a question or a comment at 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253. Or toll free 1-877-633-9389. That's toll free 1-877-633-9389. And uh, you can also stream it live over the computer, or you can participate in the chat room. Now, tonight it isn't letting me open the chat room, but uh, it normally, you can chat during it too. Now, we have another episode coming up this week, and that is going to be on Wednesday, June 28th, and at 3... 30, uh, at 3.30 p.m. Central Time, we are going to be interviewing Dean Butler, and we're going to be talking about this year's big DeSmet event. And we'd already had an episode where we talked to Tessa Flack, who is the director of the Laura Ingalls Wilder Memorial Society that's putting on the event. But to, this time we're going to talk to Dean Butler, who is one of the people who is going to be appearing and signing autographs, and we're going to Uh, find out from him a little bit more about what's going on and uh, what we should be looking forward to. So I hope that we will see you Wednesday. And if you can't make it then, remember you can catch this episode or any episode through the archives. Uh, You can stream it on your computer or through iTunes. You can download it as an MP3 and take it with you anywhere. And I think that is it for our housekeeping. So this is a, a little bit different venue that I meant to do uh, our report on the trip. I was kind of figuring I'd be able to do live reports as we went. But one of the problems of traveling with um, 
a larger group of people is that it can be really hard trying to uh, get time by yourself to tuck into a corner and start talking on uh, the computer. So I didn't get a chance to do that. Uh, And so I decided that I would kind of combine one of the Travel Times episodes and one of the Laura episodes uh, with just uh, giving a report now. So uh, we took this trip in early June, and there were six of us. Uh, my brother and his wife, their two kids, and my mom and me. And so we actually rented a van. And this is sort of, uh, this is going to be a travel tip because my brother actually had rented a, um, I can't remember what he called it, raised roof van. It was one, that, it was a big video or a vehicle because of, of uh, who was going involved who's going along and what's going on. And they finally ended up putting us in um, a suburban, a really nice suburban as we priced them at car dealerships after we got back, though it did not have as much room as we had originally hoped for. It ended up working out really well, but my brother had made the reservation back in like February and had checked in every month or so and had called the week before we left and they'd said, no problem, we were going to have it. They called him the day before and said, no, they did not have one of the vans. So that is something to be really aware of. That's the second time it's happened to my brother trying to get one of those vans. They apparently overbooked them by a lot. So that is something to bear in mind. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what you could do differently unless you found a company that just specialized in running, the, you know, vans and small buses. But um, it's something that uh, is just something to be aware of if ever you're trying to travel with the kind of a big group. So uh, this is a trip, and we were heading west. We were going out to Mount Rushmore, and it was broken up in kind of a a little bit of an odd way. We spent a lot of time planning this trip. We talked to uh, the niece and nephew a lot. My brother had a couple of must-haves. My sister-in-law had um, something she wanted to do that we kind of had to rearrange a whole bunch of the trip to include. Uh, So uh, we had a lot of, of input on it. And we really didn't have enough time. We were gone five days. And honestly, it kind of, my rule is that really, if you are going someplace, you should spend as much time there as you spend on the road to get there. Uh, That is kind of my goal. And we did not manage to do that this time. Uh, It was kind of a rush trip. And so my number one suggestion is if you have any choice in the matter at all, Try and make that your goal, too, and spend at least as much time there as you spent on the road getting there. Now, our track, I'm going to kind of walk you through uh, our path. So it was a little different because one of those must-stops that my brother had was that he wanted to stop at the Spam Museum first, which uh, going from where we live, you actually had to go east to hit the Spam Museum when where we were mostly trying to go is west. So I, while I'm not saying anything bad about the Spam Museum, it is a wonderful museum. I highly recommend visiting it. 
It is the best company museum I have ever visited. They, the best part, I think, is the part where uh, they have a simulation where you um, are given things and you have to time yourself putting spam in a can, cooking it, labeling it, putting the plastic lid on, and seeing how long it takes you to do it. And it is the most awesomest thing ever. And so it's great. I'm not saying anything bad about the Spam Museum, but uh, I do not think I would have chosen it for this particular trip since, again, we were going in the opposite direction. However, it did fit in with our goal of stopping every, you know, two and a half to three hours at a place where it made sense for the kids to get out and walk around. So it did work in well for that because that was about, a good stopping time when we hit it. Uh, So we had a great time at the Spam Museum, which we always do. It is a great place. I know, seriously, the reactions we always get from people is either people going, really, and they haven't heard about it or think it sounds stupid, or, oh, yeah, I know, from the people who've been there. So I highly recommend Spam Museum. Uh, When we left there, we headed west on I-90, and I-90 takes us through Blue Earth, Minnesota. Now, Blue Earth was the home of the canning and freeze, I guess, freezing company. It was frozen food, uh, vegetable processing plant for Green Giant, as in, ho, 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 Green Giant. And they have a statue of the Green Giant there. Now, if you have not seen the Green Giant commercials, this probably won't mean as much to you, although I think they still do have them on the the logo, but it was this huge thing for at least 50 years that all these commercials had the Green Giant, and they were on all the time. Uh, So to get to go see the real Green Giant is pretty awesome. In fact, it is still on my life goals list, even though I've been there to see him quite a few times now. I want to go when they put the red scarf on him for Christmas. I just think that would be all kinds of awesome. But anyway, uh, if you're going there, you uh, go south off of I-90. You're looking for a little frontage road. The frontage road will take you up by the Dairy Queen, that's really what you want to look at. Now, you would think a giant statue, it would be easy to spot. But the way the topography of the land is right there and the tall trees they have around it, it actually is kind of hard to see the thing, even though it is super tall. So um, look for the Dairy Queen. That's a little easier to spot. And then it's right behind that in the small park. Uh, Be sure to go on up behind the statue. There are steps and a little, like, balcony thing so you can get your picture taken standing between the feet of the green giant, which is pretty awesome. Uh, There is also their uh, small gift shop, and they are working on putting together, uh, getting something that would be more of, like, a little museum there, Um, I have no idea who set up this thing because they only are open Monday through Friday. They only take cash. And uh, they have a rather eclectic 
collection of things that you can buy there. But uh, if you are interested, that's the uh, Green Giant thing. It, further into town, they do have a Green Giant museum, which I have heard really good things about from a friend of mine. Uh, waves to Kathy if she's listening. But I have not been there yet myself, and we did not go on this trip. And that will be a theme of this trip, hence why I said that uh, we really weren't there long enough. There's going to be all kinds of things that we wished we had time to stop at that we really didn't. We went on west, and we stopped at um, Brookings. And I want to tell anybody who's planning to go to the Dismet event to watch it because the main 14 uh, route through Brookings, not the bypass, but the route through Brookings that you normally take because you want to have a chance to stop you know, at the Walmart, at a restaurant, on anything like that, the last McDonald's before it is met. Um, and it's a little bit harder to do that because a lot of that street is torn up. So just be aware that uh, you might want to kind of work on your mental map exactly where you're going to try and, and be and be warned that if you are going in the side streets, the Brookings speed bumps, um, they tend to, they're serious about their speed bumps and they don't look serious, but if you actually hit the thing, even going a little fast, it's so watch that. All right. We came through Brookings and I had on our agenda that we were going to eat there because I knew about the pickiness of some members on our trip, but everybody said, Oh no, they weren't hungry. So we went on to the Smet. And uh, in Desmet, we came in kind of late-ish in the afternoon, uh, late enough so that things are kind of closed up. Uh, we did have supper at the Oxbow, uh, which um, is pretty much like the Oxbow is. If you've eaten there before, it hasn't changed very much. Um, and it's kind of a basic mom-and-pop place. It could use a little bit of a redo, but um, it's a nice place to eat. We always try and eat there when we're in town. Uh, the new place we haven't stopped yet is the Country Club now has a different restaurant in it. And if anybody has tried that, uh, I think it's called Five and Nine, or uh, that would be, I would be really interested in hearing how it's going. The previous establishment there in the country club was very good and extremely slow. Extremely slow. But I haven't heard anything one way or another about this new place, so we'll have to wait and see. We stayed at uh, the Super Deluxe Inn and ended up um, swimming and, you know, having a good time there the next morning no I'm wrong we stopped into the cemetery that night which was really nice um, we got to see the uh, Ingalls graves I discovered that my nephew really is liking cemeteries and that I should have brought my dismet folder that had all the information about the cemetery in it which I did not have I just had brought the guidebook because who knew the um, but uh, so I'll have to get the kid back there when he can really dig into 
uh, who's buried there because I think he'd enjoy that. It's a lovely place to stop. We stopped at the Remembrance Garden. There was a dog there named, I think it was named Sandy. It had a name on its collar. And uh, I'm not sure if the dog lives right around there or not. Eventually left. I went home, but be a rather pretty golden retriever hanging out there if you visit in the evening. Uh, so that was that night. The next day, uh, we tried to get kind of an early start. Um, we went and saw Silver Lake, which was way down this year. It didn't have a lot of water much at all. Uh, we hit the earliest um, tour at the surveyor's house, and we left after before they got to the Brewster school because we were already past time and I wanted to head over to the Ingalls homestead because again, tick tock, tick tock. We really did not leave enough time for this. Uh, I saw this year's uh, display of artifacts and I really, I, I think they had, I get the impression anyway, that they had fewer physical artifacts on display than they had other years. Uh, the hands-on was still the making the 50-50 uh, notebook, which my niece liked, even though she really hadn't gotten far enough into it that she knew what the, the notebook was for. But she in, enjoyed that, and we did look at all this, and it was pretty cool. But uh, it, it was pretty similar to the last thing we'd seen, except maybe, you know, fewer artifacts so um, as always worth a visit they had some new pieces uh, to get including a surveyor's house cookie cutter and I have to remember before I go back in July I have to double check my ceramic uh, ornaments because I think I have to get a couple of those yet so we uh, did the Memorial Society, we went out to the Ingalls Homestead, or as I call it, the real happiest place on earth, which when I said that to my kids, they or the, the niece and nephew, they looked at me and said, oh, no, home is the happiest place on earth. So then I was like, oh, all right. So we went out to the homestead. They just loved riding the horse. They loved the little um, horse um, cart thing, the pony cart they loved driving the the a covered wagon, and when we hit there, there really weren't many people there, which has not been my normal experience, but this was a weekday in June, and so one of them got to drive basically all the way there, and one of them got to drive basically all the way back, so they just thought that was the best thing. Uh, my nephew, in fact, um, told me that he wants to come back in July when I go back. It's not going to happen this time, but I'm going to have to take them on a pageant trip, I think, next year so that they get a chance to hang out there more. Now, we ended up, after we left the homestead, uh, we headed down to pick up I-90 again, and we headed west. And one of the funnest things that you can do is start looking for the wall drug signs and we did this sort of as a group activity and you always whoever saw it first could say it could read it out loud and it was really fun um also started to be quite a few 
for the 1880s town in Murdo, which I'm going to mention again, uh, and also the uh, fire, um, I think they call it the fire, the firehouse uh, restaurant, which is in Rapid City, which had actual old fire engines, one at every billboard, which was incredible. Uh, both my brother and his wife were volunteer firemen, so they just thought that was super cool. Um, so we got back to I-90, and we crossed the um, the river there right south of P- Pier, and it was um, really, it's, it's a lake that's a wide. over that hill and it's like wow it is a gorgeous scene and um, the rest of it was still fairly green though apparently it was kind of dry uh, which is not surprising it is South Dakota so we kept going along a little further now Murdo had originally been in our schedule of places to stop at. It has the 1880s town, which has a display with dances of wolves. It has a pioneer car museum, including one of the General Lees that was actually used on the show, the Dukes of Hazard. And uh, we had to cut it for time. And I think that was probably the thing that we were sorriest about that we didn't get to do at all. Uh, so we went by that, kept going, uh, and eventually got to Wall. And Wall Drug was even a bigger thing than I remember it. But uh, the jackalope was still there that you could climb on. And um, just all sorts of different things to see. Oh, and that would probably be a good time to mention the uh, penny pressing. Now, uh, at Disney, uh, the same niece and nephew, we had gotten them autograph albums for all the characters, but another thing you can do at Disney is the penny pressing. Now, they really hadn't gotten into that this time we went. I think if we ever go back, they'll be into it more because we, every time we saw one of these machines, being the wonderful aunt I am, I let them press a penny one penny per machine that we saw and my grand and their grandmother my mom had gotten them each a pressed penny album so they had their pressed pennies in there and uh, they seemed to really enjoy that and pretty much all of western south dakota was on the penny press uh, bandwagon the laura places weren't and that's going to be one of my new crusades i think the laura places really need to get in on this pressed penny thing because it seems to be the big deal. And if people are doing it out west, you want to make sure that when they come back east, they can spend their money on that too. So I hope that happens. Waldrug also has a couple of hidden Laura things. And it actually, I had not known they were there the first time I visited. So I didn't see it the first time when my cousin went with her family um, oh it's been a long time ago now probably ooh, it might even be 20 years she very kindly went out of her way to take some pictures for me uh, at wall when they stopped 
which I'm glad because they have changed it around since then. But the upshot is if you go to Waldrug and you stop at the uh, bookstore, they had fairly big selection on Laura's stuff. I think bigger than they had before, but they have a set of the carved Laura figures uh, that are the, that were kind of um, f- famous. They were uh, carved in the Black Hills by an artist, uh, and I'm going to say his first name wrong. I think it's Harvey Holquist. And uh, they really are works of art, and it can be very hard to find complete sets of them anymore. I saw them on eBay once, and I'm still kicking myself for not buying them. Uh, You'll see them at most of the Laura Museums, and they have a set there on display in Waldrug. They still have it. You have to look pretty carefully. I almost didn't see it. It was up uh, above the um, shelving across from the cash register where you paid there. So I'm going to recommend that everybody take a chance to look there and look at all the different books they have, many of which are on Laura-related subjects. So that's sort of the little hidden Laura spot there at Waldrug. Make sure that you get some of that free water. And despite what their website and everything else we could find about it, their kitchen actually stayed open till 8. And I think that must be their summer hours and why everybody was telling us that it closed at 5. I have no idea. It wasn't anything special. Apparently it's normally open that late. So plan on eating at Wall. Uh, We went on then and got to Keystone uh, pretty much just in time to check in for the night. The next day, I got to spend the morning at the Keystone Area Historical Society. Now, the extended family sadly did not get this opportunity because they were off looking at Buffalo. But we, I, uh, my mom and me went to the Keystone Area Historical Society and uh, got to meet up with a good friend of mine, Linda Starbuck, who has recently um, moved out to that area and has been working in the museum and I think is going to be doing some kind of cool things. Uh, so I was glad that she's gotten uh, the chance to be working with them out there. And also the head of it is uh, Jeannie Kirkpatrick, who is also during her off-season a a ranger, uh, park service ranger at Mount Rushmore. So uh, I think that is really cool. From everything I've been hearing from people, she has made some really great changes. I was so glad to finally be able to uh, visit the museum where I have been a member for I don't know how many years. I would say probably 30 years. That's sad. But anyway, I finally made it there and we got to see and they had a lot of Carrie's things. And they also had at least something for each of the the other family members. And they were also very interested in Mary and had a set of her sunglasses, which apparently she said they were called sniper glasses because they had a second kind of um, different kind of glass in the middle of the colored glass screen. So I'm going to have to look into that a little bit more. They had some examples of her beadwork uh, that she had done. And um, it was just some very nice things that they had there, uh, including uh, what they claim was the original China Shepherdess. 
and I heard their case in person, and I must admit it's a more convincing case in person than it from what I had read, but it's a um the the what you can say absolutely is this was a shepherdess from that that had been kept in Carrie's possession very carefully, even though it had been uh damaged and cracked um I am not going to go into a lot of detail about why it may be or why it might be in this episode because as part of our theme, we don't have time. But I think it is really worth taking some time and trouble and going to see it. Uh, And also, I was very interested to know they had just made some new discoveries about uh, Carrie. They have had lost a lot of information in Keystone because there'd been a couple of fires, a couple of floods that had really taken out a lot of records. But um, they had found some new stuff on Carrie, which was awesome. And they're also very interested in Mary because she was there four years. And I really hadn't thought that they had um, uh, much of a focus on Mary, but they really had, and they're very interested in it and want to learn more, which I think was super cool because as I have said before, they're really, as much as I love Laura, the other sisters are just as much part of the Eagle family and they really don't get the full kind of focus. You see them through Laura's eyes instead of for themselves. And I think that's really kind of too bad to kind of help you get an idea not only of the family, but of the variety of experiences that people had back then. The people at the Historical Society are working on a Carrie carry publication. I'm not sure if it's going to be a booklet or a book, but I, for one, am very much looking forward to it. And I am hoping that uh, I can get uh, Jeannie Kirkpatrick on the show, uh, which I think I'll be able to, but I don't have any dates yet. So that was the morning, and we took the whole morning, and we didn't even get all the way through the museum. <coughs> Excuse me. And there was more to see, a lot more to see, and I would really have liked to have more, some more time there, and it made me want to get back to Keystone again as soon as I can. I do want to, before I move on from them, I do want to mention that they are currently doing a campaign to try and raise money for uh, replacements for some windows there. They really are very much needed. And if you are looking for a place to um, throw a few extra bucks, I think that would be a nice place to do it. Uh, We had lunch at a place called uh, the Ruby House, which my friend Linda had recommended. And we enjoyed it very much. It's the kind of place with a lot of memorabilia on the walls. And the um, the food, what we had was was very good. And I just cannot say enough nice things about our waiter. He was pretty much everybody in Keystone went out of their way. But the waiter we had was just great. And I, if we'd stayed in town longer, we would have definitely been back to that restaurant. Afterwards, we went over to the 1880s train. Now, I will warn you, it goes a little slower than I expected. They said it was about 10 miles an hour. But if you really want to get a feel for the land, 
it is a great way to do it. You can either get on at Keystone and go to Hill City or Hill City and go to Keystone and round trip. Check the schedule because the roundhouse is in Hill City. So uh, you don't want to be caught having taken the train to Keystone and expected to have a way back or from Keystone and expect to have a way back when there isn't one. So get a good look at the schedule ahead of time. Uh, I recommend pre-buying your tickets. I think they, you would most times probably be okay without. It's carnival seating. Uh, the seats were really kind of cool. They flipped backwards, so they would face both directions, either direction, how you wanted it. And uh, no air conditioning, open windows, but... It was a lot of fun, and I think if you like olden things, if you like trains, if you like nature, if you like animals, uh, if you like anything like that, you'll enjoy this train ride. Uh, afterwards, we went out to Mount Rushmore, and Mount Rushmore looked pretty much like it did the last time I was there. They've done a lot more inter- interpretation, and sadly, Due to votes by several other people in the party, we had to leave a lot more quickly than I would have. We didn't really get a good chance to look around at at a lot of the stuff. We saw the video. We walked by the displays in the first area. We did not get down to the sculptor's studio, but it was really nice and I think something to really be proud of. I would say also a nice thing, and we hadn't done this when we went as kids, though we did several things we didn't get done on this trip, is if we went beyond uh, Mount Rushmore heading towards Crazy Horse, there's a pull-off, and you can see just George's uh, head in profile, which is kind of cool because you don't really realize you're that close to the mountain. So I I do recommend doing that and actually taking the time to stop and look at it. If you go on further to Crazy Horse, there um, it's like thirty dollars a car, and if you ask them how much it is and say you know that's more than expected, can I just go turn around? They will like turn around and you can sort of see it from the gate. I would have paid the thirty bucks myself again, outvoted, but I you, you basically can see the stone part from the distance and frankly I even though it's on a much more massive scale than Mount Rushmore and they do not have government money frankly I do not see one bit of difference in from the photos I've seen my entire life so <coughs> I wish them well I hope they finish it haven't seen any sign of it uh, we headed back then to Keystone um, ate a meal in kind of a kitschy, catchy kind of place and then went back to the hotel to go swimming. Oh, and we were in the Rushmore Express um, Motel, which I also want to give a shout out. We had a really nice room. I really, we had a six person room there. I really enjoyed it. Um, And the staff was just incredible. They had all sorts of little things to go out of your way for. 
especially even the laundry was the, the guest laundry was right near our room and they had two washers and dryers. So it wasn't that you just had to wait and try and get the one. There were two of them and they even had a clothes basket for you to take the stuff to and from your room. And they went out of their way. No matter what stupid little thing we asked them, they were very obliging. Can't say enough about the staff. They're, um, there were a couple things about the hotel that I might have changed a little bit. Staff was wonderful, and I think that was where I would change, choose to stay again. It was on um, a little side road that went to up to the um, cemetery where Carrie's husband is buried. Uh, we did not, we weren't actually able to locate his grave. Something else to do the next time we're on a trip. Uh, but it was quiet. It was fairly peaceful. Across the road was. Uh, a mountain adventure thing with an alpine slide and a zip line, but you didn't like hear people yelling or anything. You just saw the trees. It was very pretty. That's where I would stay. Be aware that the walking tour with information about Keystone is a very, it would be a very long walk from that hotel. It also would have been a reasonably long walk uh, to the actual downtown where the stuff is. So if you would be doing a lot of stuff right in downtown Keystone, you may want to stay at one of the hotels because the parking was just atrocious. And we were there during their relatively quiet time because Sturgis was about to get stirred up. And it's just nuts when Sturgis starts because it isn't very far away. Um, the second morning, uh, we were headed out of town. We did stop at the Big Thunder um, mine and did panning for gold, which was my nephew's favorite thing. I would never have picked that, but he just, my niece was actually a little better at it, but she got tired right away and started just looking around for pretty rocks. But my nephew, he was on it. He was totally focused. And I think if it had been up to him, we would have stayed a couple more hours and panned for gold. Um, I was hoping that we'd get to tour the actual mine. That didn't happen. Again, we had to keep cutting stuff. So we headed uh, back northeast to Rapid City, where we stopped at the firehouse restaurant that had the fire trucks, the billboards along the way. Really great restaurant. Really enjoyed it. A little loud. Lots of great fire memorabilia. If you're a firefighter, bring your patch along. They have a collection of them there. Um, and just definitely a place to stop in Rapid City. There were, uh, oh, and also in Rapid City, we got to look and see the statues. They have um, like bronze statues of each one of the presidents. And it was really fun to try and guess who was who until you got up there so you could actually see and we had a great time just when we were driving by looking at them. I think if you had took the time to walk, it would be even better. It was really cool, and it was really fun. The way they were posed, they weren't all just standing there. So it would be really fun to work out great ways to get your picture taken with them. We were helping Thomas Jefferson uh, look over the Declaration of Independence and making a suggestion for a possible correction in the picture we did get. That was my favorite one. Hopefully we'll be able to to do that on another trip sometime too. They also had a dinosaur drive, which got cut at the very last minute. Um, 
in favor of the Harley Davidson store. Um, and then we headed east, and we really ended up kind of having to push east. We went all the way to Chamberlain, which was full of things that would have been great to stop at, including uh, there was a, a Native American museum that was strongly recommended to us by loads of people, um, but we just didn't have time. And then the last thing we did was that was really kind of a tourist thing was the Corn Palace the next day. And then we were going to stop at the Lewis and Clark thing in uh, Sioux City as we went through. But uh, there was really bad traffic in Sioux City uh, with the construction. So be be aware of that, too, if you're going up uh, 29 through Sioux City. Um, the construction was nasty through there, too. It was okay if you were just shooting straight, but trying to get off was not a good idea. Um, oh, I forgot Bear Country. That was the other thing that we did, and that was also by R- Rapid City, was that they there's this place called Bear Country, and it is sort of like a zoo with big fenced-in enclosures you drive through, and uh, the animals can walk, like the bears, can walk right up to your car. Uh, we went through, and they were mostly, the animals were all laying there looking like, Lord, I'm hot. Uh, um, but we, you got to see all sorts of animals from all over. The And then they had a walk where you went through and saw the baby animals. And the bear cubs were absolutely darling. And they had all sorts of other little animals around there, too. And I did forget that. You're right. Um, And there are just so many things. You know, people talk about South Dakota being big and empty. And honestly, there were so many things that we would have liked to have stopped at as we went along on I-90. Well, there was Philip near Top Bar where Carrie had her preemption claim. There was the Minuteman National Monument, which is a decommissioned a Minuteman missile silo, which I think would be interesting. We didn't, I didn't get, I didn't, the um, rest of the family got to go out and see where there was prairie dogs. I love prairie dogs. Prairie dogs are my favorite, mostly because I don't have to deal with them, but oh, they're so cute. I just love looking at them from a distance on somebody else's property. Yes, my mother, who is listening to this, has just did a prairie dog impersonation. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. We should do that on camera. Yeah. Um, so love the prairie dogs. Didn't get a chance to do that. Uh, and it was just one thing after the other that, that uh, came up that we would have liked to have done more. But we had, I think, a really good trip. Oh, one thing that I really wanted to mention, and I didn't, well, two things that I really wanted to mention and I didn't. First, if you watched uh, my Instagram pictures as we took the trip along, what I was hemming was my 19th century night, uh, nightgown, uh, underskirt. So I now am going to have a real 19th century underskirt with lace and buttons ready to go. <coughs> that had a slight accident with the bluing. So it's kind of pale blue instead of white, but we'll deal. And, um, Then uh, the other thing that I wanted to mention was when we went to the um, 
Colony Williamsburg for the first time. I read all sorts of, of guidebooks. The thing that told me the most about how to do it was the Red, White, and Blue Mystery uh, by Laura Lee Hope, which still was a great guide to get you into oriented to the site. I found that there was another chain, uh, another series of books this woman has written that were sort of mysteries about historic events. Now, I personally think the Red, White, and Blue Mystery was better written, but this is a great series, and it really helped the niece and nephew figure out what was going on, what stuff was there. <coughs> and, of course, I don't have it here right this second, and I'm running out of time, so I can't tell you the title. I will add that to the show notes. I recommend reading that before you drive across to Coast. I am out of time, but we had a great time. I hope that you will take a chance to. And I was really surprised with how much there was. And I like South Dakota, but there was an awful lot to do. Don't just stop at Smet on your next trip. Thank you for joining me today on Trundlebed Tales. And I will see you Wednesday when we talk to Dean Butler about the Smet event, a.k.a my third trip to South Dakota this year. And we will see you all then. Remember to brighten the corner where you are. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.